When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy free agency, everybody. Hello and welcome to the Serbian Corner, a podcast about the NBA champions Denver Nuggets, hosted from the part of the world that used to know about Colorado only through the adventures of Blake Carrington and Alexis Colby. Oh, and through the laboratory of the third biggest celebrity of Serbian descent, Nikola Tesla. Free agency is something the NBA does best. It gives hope to many fan bases, most of them delusional, but the amount of clicks and likes and faves and shares and other great inventions of the 21st century is unmatched by any other sport-related product. This particular free agency has started pretty depressing for the Nuggets. First of all, we learned that Bruce Brown is not leaving the Nuggets for a full Emily from one of the better teams. He is, in fact, getting his bag in Indiana. Two years, 45 million is the size of that contract, which is 3.35 times more annually compared to what the Nuggets were allowed to offer him. The second year of that contract is actually a team option, but that has nothing to do with our Denver Nuggets. Bruce might come back in a year or two, but all six of main Nuggets guys from last season will never play together again, sadly. In these kind of situations, the team PR usually sends a fake thank you for your service press clip because guys usually leave after they got a better offer elsewhere or hated their time on your team. In this particular case, where the Nuggets were not allowed by the collective bargaining agreement to match any offer above 6.7 million, and we know how much Bruce loved playing on this team and how much the fans and his teammates enjoyed his presence, I can say with 100% sincerity, thank you, Bruce. Have a wonderful career. You're a legend here forever. Then we got DeAndre Jordan returning on a minimum. A great deal. Run it back with a guy everybody loves. A great locker room presence that proved he can play well in three-minute stretches, even in the NBA Finals. Then, a big shock. It's not that we didn't expect Reggie Jackson to return. He was one of the guys that was logical to return in case Bruce Brown would change scenery. But we had no idea the complete taxpayers' Emily would be needed for him to come back next season, and potentially a season after that, should he decide so. I'm really glad I didn't get to react live on this signing, since I was super confused and somewhat irritated. But since I've inspected all the contracts that have been given to the lead ball handlers this offseason, it looks like nobody else would fit into that exception. We'll talk about what's next for the Nuggets. Are there any other ways besides the minimum contracts to improve this roster? And after that, if times allow, we'll talk about some huge contracts we've seen signed last night. To help me break it down, I have two awesome guests. First, I've invited a YouTuber, an analyst for the Mile High Sport, 
a super popular voice in Serbia, but also worldwide among Nuggets fans. It's Cameron, aka Swipa Cam. Welcome, Swipa. What's going on, Miroslav? Shout out to you, shout out to DMVR. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to finally have a show with you after like three years of, of doing this from my behalf. I'm I'm not sure for how long you've been doing your stuff, but finally our, our worlds collided. So first of all, congrats on being ahead of the curb and locking down that YouTuber designation. I don't know about the older generations, but the generation of my kids can name more YouTubers than actors, singers, or even sport athletes. So my question to you is, was the fact that you are a Denver sports fan away in Atlanta the reason you picked YouTube as your main platform? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was just a matter of, you know, I had a love for the game and I wanted to be able to talk sports. And I just thought, you know, there's just not a lot of uh, content creators from Colorado. You know, you don't get to see that a lot. And then literally just kind of out of nowhere in December 2020, I uh, started the channel and I didn't really have any idea what it would look like per se. Like I knew I wanted to do it and get into it and be serious about it. But then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then the social media and everything picked up. And really from there, it kind of just turned into his own engine. So, you know, it really just started off as, you know, off a whim, you know, had a nickname, had an idea for what the show would look like. And then we just kind of did it from there. And here you are now, you know. Yes, and extreme popularity in Serbia, really. I mean, while I was with the DNVR crew in Sombor, I remember guys asking, like, why isn't Swipa with you guys? I mean, how, how can you come here without Swipa? So I hope we'll, we'll get to see you in Serbia soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I told everybody, you know, once I hit 10K on YouTube, I'll be there. So I'm for sure uh, going to Serbia, and I can't wait to get there. Excellent, excellent. Also joining, joining us today... We have a very exciting NBA podcast debutant, a guy I was trying to get on the show for a while. He is my fellow guitarist and singer, a guy who has written a bigger number of basketball-related articles than how many I've read. And let's keep this between us. I don't really read a lot. Thank God for podcasts. He is the creator of awesome stat called True Plus Minus, but most importantly, one of the smartest and funniest Nuggets fans out there, it's Mr. Patrick Rasmussen. Pat, how are Hello. you? Hello. Good. I'm I'm good to go now. Can I just leave? That was perfect for me. <laughs> it's only downhill from just here. Just Oh, it's got to be. <laughs> well, Pat, thank you, Marislav. Let me let me just massacre for a moment your TPM stat by saying that it is a stat you are recording for years for the Nuggets players that shows how impactful a player was in a game and consequently in a season based on the eye test and not on box score. Am I close when I say that? Yeah, it's basically I'm trying to contextualize the plus-minus stat that exists by watching each scoring play on offense, defense, or transition and seeing which players actually contributed to that, not just awarding it to everybody that's on the court. So it has things like hockey assists and free throw assists. If you get a steal that leads to points, that sort of things of that nature. And so, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I began it in uh, Jokic's rookie year, but oddly enough, it wasn't because of Jokic that I started it. It just happened to be serendipitous in that way. But it was because of Emmanuel Moutier, because I wanted so badly for him to be a guy. And I got tired of know-it-alls like Adam Mares, who was at Stiffs at the time, telling me that he's not a guy to use his stone. 
So I, I started contextualizing this and then I realized pretty quickly that annoyingly Adam was right as usual and Moutier was not a guy. He was a above average point of attack defender. I'll give him that, but that's really about it. But what I noticed the most is that Jokic was popping to the top of the TPM numbers every day, despite playing such limited minutes with weren't even accounted for in TPM. So if you extrapolated that through the 30 per 36 minutes, I knew pretty early he was going to be an MVP level player. I didn't know that he was going to win because as we saw this last year, sometimes that's just the guy that pisses and moans the most. So there you have it. <laughs> so since you find a way, found a way to measure Nikola Jokic's eye test, how fulfilling was it for you to watch one of one by one ESPN FS1 guys revise their scientific premise that Nikola isn't a great player because of his bad eye test? It's very gratifying in the moment you send a tweet to somebody that's completely off base and then it completely goes away because everybody just sends you comments that have nothing at all to do with either the eye test or an analytics. They're just they're casual takes is what it comes out to. But yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> Swiper, you're also very, very big on, on numbers throughout your uh, career. What were the like the first things you've noticed about Nikola Jokic that, that made you feel like, no, I need to be behind this guy 100% because we are seeing something that's completely special? Uh, what year is that? That was probably the 20, the end of the 2017, 18 year. I mean, 2015, 16, you know, when he first got his start, uh, you know, that obviously the San Antonio game, the 41 point versus the Knicks, uh, then the 2016, 17 season, uh, that's when he started on December 15. But I remember watching, could I like that? I was a Emmanuel Moutier guy. I actually knew people who knew him yes. going into the draft. You know, he was six foot five. You know, he had, like, the ability to get to the rim, just shooting mechanic kind of all over the place. You're like, you know, with time, he could get there. And it never happened. And I was, like, really disappointed. And then I remember they got Jamal. Now, Jamal, 20 points per game as a freshman, only player in Kentucky history, great shooter, great scorer. When he fell into the Nuggets, I was like, man, like, this dude's going to be really good. And then I remember Jokic started playing, and I remember this really talented not like huge guy, but he just seemed to have like a lot of fluidity and eyesight on the court. Um, I was a big Gary Harris guy, obviously, you know, 2014 Michigan State, great two-way player. And I just remember, man, watching Jokic have these moments versus these historically uh, really good players or like these really good teams and then obviously making all rookie team and then going into the next year. I think by the time Jokic averaged 18, 10, and 6, I think that was his – uh the 2017-18 year, yeah, I was just like, wow, like, this is just something different. And especially at the time, that stat line, because that's something that Sabonis just did 18-12-6. and six. But, like, the efficiency, the way his game was morphing and how he was adjusting, how he was leading, it was just a lot different. And I liked him. I thought he could be an all-star player at some point. But I think, you know, obviously Jokic becoming an, an MVP-level player, I mean – 2018-19, he finishes fourth in the MVP voting. And, you know, in your mind, I'm like, you know, maybe this is something he can ascend to. But as y'all remember, remember the, the season of 1920 when he came in that year, he was averaging like 16 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. Just kind of messing around. He was out of shape or whatever else. So then he lost all that weight in the bubble. And really ever since then, man. So, you know, his PR numbers were always super high. And then, like, all the box plus minus the advanced staff were always telling the story. But then you didn't start seeing that actually become like 
oh, this is legit until his first playoff. And then he averages 25, 13, and 8. And you're just like, yeah, I think this dude is something different, you know? Yeah, if if only your PR is high, that might mean that you're Boban Marjanovic. But if you have all of those advanced mm-hmm. stats on your side, that there must be something cooking. And right. of course, we were right for so many years and so many others were wrong. Okay, enough chit-chat. It's start to to it, it's time to tackle the the what we saw last night. So let's start with Brucey B. We all hoped he'd stay, even though we all put our brave faces and said it's not probable. I'm glad he didn't end up on the Lakers or any other Western Conference teams, really. He went to Indiana to play with a talented but but still too young of a team to seriously compete. Swaipa, what was your initial reaction when we finally got the confirmation that Bruce is leaving us? Yeah, I mean, the Patriots were one of my team I thought might throw an offer at him because him next to Hallie and Benny, uh, you know, Matherin, nobody knows who that is, um, I thought would be a good fit. You know, he's a great kind of wedge player that can do a lot of different things. But when I heard, like, maybe an hour before free agency that it was going to be upward of 20, and then I saw the numbers, and he gets a two-year deal for 45 with the second option, you know, it's a, a team option on the second year. Man, I was just like, yeah, I, at that point, you know, you got to take that money, right? That's $7 million more million than you made at any point in time in your career combined. And you get a chance to do it for two years, and then you get to prove yourself, basically take the Jeremy Grant gamble, which has worked out for him. You know, I think I was just really, really ecstatic for him that he was managing to, from last offseason, not really getting any calls because people thought he just wouldn't fit anywhere. And now, you know, making more money than Aaron Gordon did this last year, you know, you got you just got to be happy for him. And obviously you're sad that he's not going to be with the Nuggets, but, you know, as a man and as somebody who wants to provide for his family, I mean, I was ecstatic that he got that much money. So I'm really happy for Bruce. Yes, and I've heard this comparison to Jeremy Grant before. It's just the big difference here is that the Nuggets could could afford Jeremy. He doesn't he didn't want to stay here, and Brucey would definitely stay here if the Nuggets could, you know, even closely match what what right. the Pacers did. So so really good for him. Pat, how re- relieved? I mean, did you feel better when you found out it was the Pacers and not like the Mavs or Timberwolves? 100%. I never thought that the Lakers or the Mavs were in play, to be honest. I thought he was either getting a whole lot of money or he was coming back to Denver. I didn't think anyone was going to get him with that uh, TPE. I I was The only take you can really have is that you're happy for Bruce because he was never coming back to Denver at that number. <laughs> I mean, Denver wasn't getting anybody at the what was available, as it turns out. So I'm just happy for Bruce. Yeah, it yeah. It, re- it really felt realistic for him to come back while all of us were drunk. Like, it wasn't like him or Michael Malone. All of us were drunk. So, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> don't ma- it's, it's like that saying, don't make a phone call to your ex while you're drunk. So, mm, yeah. Please don't. <laughs> I guess. So, are we going to follow the Pacers more often now that we have our guy over there or or is it too far away from I think the other conference? Follow Bruce, yeah. I think he's going to come back and get a huge ovation when he gets his ring on, you know, whenever that happened. Um, but I think, you know, he doesn't quite have the same effect, obviously, Gary. When Gary went to Orlando, 
Uh, I've been basically following Orlando pretty closely. Now, also, I like their team, you know, I like their coaches and stuff as well. But I think Gary kind of has that, that, you know, I think he has that effect on us. Um, I think he's going to, for me, be in a, like a, a little bit more elevated Tory Craig role where I would just kind of support him at all times. Like I want him to do well, but I think for Bruce, man, you know, he has a chance to really like prove everybody wrong and say, not only am I worth this money, better believe I'm going to get another contract after this for something like this, you know, so I'm going to be really, really hoping that he continues to prove all the doubters wrong. And hopefully he will stay in Indiana uh, for the second season. So he could, you know, build up his future yeah. contracts as well, not to have to, to wait from a uh, for for a team that has a cap space in order for him to 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 get paid really really good on him i'm really glad uh, pat do you have any closing thoughts on on brucey well i'm an absolute homer i'm not even a fan of the nba i can't stand the product that is the nba so i watch very few games that the nuggets are not playing in. but i'll watch some bruce games just like i watch monte you know mm. that kind of thing Okay, it is time for our first break, so don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Segment two here. I believe we first learned that DJ is returning. It was so much more of a positive reaction from the Nuggets fans compared to the same notification last year. So before we get to the bigger contract that was signed soon after, Pat, What was your initial reaction to this to to DJ coming back? Well, it's a kind of a tale of two years. Last year it was a no-brainer, as in what is where is your brain? And then as we learned through the season, he was invaluable to the, the bench success, just as a locker room presence and a leader. So this year it's a no-brainer in the other other direction. You gotta do it. Especially so if they don't get deaf. Yeah, yeah. Swipe so, so more triple kisses on the cheek with Jokic are secured now. Do you think this was the, the right move for the team? Yeah, I mean, a very low-cost opportunity. And I think, as Pat said, the leadership and even his fun, you know, just being fun yeah. and being a comrade uh, for the team. And I think his his energy, his soul, his heart, what he brought to this team was really important. And then, you know, he offered a lot of leadership on the bench for a lot of guys as well. So, yeah, I think that more than made sense. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Jeff Green. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you at least have one of their veterans coming back for sure. I, I said this several times before that I, I'm sorry to, to DJ. I wasn't really familiar with his game, as Shaq would say. I really didn't know what he brings to the team. And now I'm no longer sorry. I'm just happy to, to see him with us. He's the only guy I, I could possibly think of replacing him with would be Boban Marjanovic, who is Nikola, one of Nikola's best friends in America. But DJ is absolutely uh, on the same level of, of, of reading. So hopefully he, he, he'll find some uh, Hollywood roles uh, similar to, to Boban as well. That, that would be really, really awesome. Hollywood needs more huge guys. <laughs> 
Okay, so it's time to let the cat out of the bag. When I saw Reggie is coming back, my first reaction was that was expected. But when I saw that two-year, 10.25 million contract with a player option, no less, I was in a shock. Luckily, we've learned last year, I shouldn't doubt Calvin Booth competence. So I just tweeted the fact that it was the whole mini MLE that was used on Jackson without comment. I, I, I told to myself, let's wait for 12 hours. Let's let things settle. But when I browsed through the signed contracts for the ball handlers we thought might be gettable for the Nuggets, Dennis Schroeder got the full MLE. Javon Carter got 6.7 million. Shake Milton got five. Vasa Mitic, who finally came from Euroleague to, to, to OKC Thunder, got eight million from them. Even Pat's secret Santa Joe Ingles got 11. Jingles. Jingles. So notable, notable guys that got less than five are Seth Curry, Troy Brown Jr., Josh Richardson. Are any of them really better than Reggie Jackson, better fit than Reggie Jackson? Maybe. Probably not. Swipa, were you disappointed last night and did it change since? Well, I think it's very common knowledge that I was an Akil Alexander Walker guy. You know, I made that very clear. So watching him get four years, $9 million, granted, he's going to be in a really good situation where he's going to be really dependent upon. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, Reggie. You know, I'm a big fan, obviously, to Colorado and all that stuff. But uh, Reggie is just not the traditional kind of guard that Calvin has seemingly prioritized, like a defensive-minded guard. But, again, you know, Reggie's a good player. Uh, he had a really good year with the Clippers when Kawhi and PG were out. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe in off-season training camp, he gets an opportunity to really learn the system and what the Nuggets are wanting to do and how they play basketball. And maybe he can make a really significant contribution. But I'm not as high on that. I am a little skeptical on that because I've seen Reggie Jackson play so much. But who knows? You know, maybe with a bigger team around him, a bigger second unit, and then, you know, Jalen Pickett and Colin Gillespie right now are behind him. Again, maybe he has, like, one of his best seasons that he's had, especially off the bench. So I'm going to give him, obviously, the benefit of a doubt. But off the first initial reaction, two years with a player option, yeah, that, that, that seemed like a lot for Reggie. So, you know, we'll see. So, so Pat, Reggie Jackson was a really good NBA player up to two years ago, approximately. And, of course, he had a bit of a decline after that. That might have been bad situations for him, you know, on the Clippers and, and the Nuggets uh, for the last couple of months. But do you expect a significant jump from him? Or do you think that this kind of deal actually tells us something different from, from the front office? It's a good question. I don't know if I expect a jump from familiarity. I think that Booth is banking on one of two things, either that jump or he sees a lot in Gillespie and Pickett, especially, I think Pickett. It, honestly, the more I've thought about this, I don't think that, I think it's kind of like the DJ signing last, last year. It's a guy to fill out the bench that's not incredibly expensive. And I think Pickett's going to be the guy sooner rather than later. Uh, when Nuggets a little, lost, a little more money than he should have gotten, but you know. yeah, sure, sure. But all, on 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 the other hand, his contract might might now be very useful for a future trade. You know, we we have now two contracts, and we'll speak about it more in depth 
later, but we have Zeke Nagy and we have Reggie Jackson at about between four and five million per year, which is pretty good uh, stuff for adding to 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 get some kind of a, a guy on a on a medium level kind of contract that might help. One thing that that I was talk, thinking about when we lost Bruce Brown is okay. So how can we replace Bruce now? We we've been talking about stuff like okay, let's use two guys, one guy for ball handling and the other guy for defense, stuff like that. But the reality is Bruce Brown was really essential for the Nuggets because he was the real six starter. He was the guy that could have played in place of any of the five guys that were starting. The only thing we didn't see in the regular season was him playing instead of Jokic, and we saw that in playoffs. So he really was a certified six starter. And, you know, in Europe, nobody would even speak about him not being a starter or not because in Europe being a starter is not a thing. So, Swiper, do you think that internal progress of the team could could uh, help Denver uh, cross this bridge of quality? They've lost, or maybe there is a guy you have highest hope for to take on the role of Bruce Brown next year? Yeah, or going question. forward? It's a good question. I'm looking at immediately Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Jalen Pickett, and really, you know, you got to see if Strother or Zeke, one of those kind of players can step in and maybe even Colin uh, and give you a different kind of game, but offer you similar stability and reliance. You know, you want, when you're at that level, you want your top six or seven and eight players really to be extremely reliable. So, but you, it's hard to do that when you're young. So Christian is going to do that. He did that. Now you're asking Peyton Watson or Jalen Pickett or maybe Zeke or Vlaco to basically take on roles that are pretty elevated for where they are currently in their career. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, again, I love Peyton Watson. I mean, I made defensive highlights before versus when he played with the Rockets versus the Warriors versus the Jazz, the Suns. He just has it. But can he put it together soon enough and in the right way for the Denver Nuggets to be able to utilize at a very high level to be a top eight guy by the time the playoffs roll around? So, again, that's development. That's a year away from now. So maybe he gets there. But that's those are the names that I'm most looking at internally. Pat, do you have your pick of somebody internally who could, you know, help the Nuggets bridge the gap? Yeah, the, well, the two that I want to be the ones that step up the most are obviously Watson and Brown because they're going to have the biggest up. Well, Brown, Brown's upside maybe not as high, but Watson's upside is enormous. And if they take a leap, then we're, we're just fine. We're, I mean, Bruce Brown was big, but he can be replaced in that way. But the guy that I think a lot of people are forgetting about is Zeke. I mean, in the last two years, we brought in six rookies, and he's still the third youngest player on the team. So with some time to actually get some reps if he stays healthy he could be a huge guy for us you know just because of the positional versatility i would kind of like to bet on christian brown maybe that's the reason why they want to bring him to the summer league just to give him the key of the offense like try play as many pick and rolls try to try to you know initiate as many offenses as possible and you know, I, I know he cannot get to the Bruce Brown level of playmaking in one year. That's 
that's crazy to ask from such a young guy. I mean, he's not that young, really. He's like 23 now, right? Yeah. So he's like three years younger than Bruce Brown. It's not like he can be his father. So if if Christian Brown could make that kind of leap to be closer to Bruce Brown, and then if Pivot would make a kind of a leap to to emulate what Christian Brown was doing this year, only with a bigger length, that would be probably like the best case scenario. Now, these best case scenarios usually never happen because, you know, you're asking a lot of stuff from your youngest guys. So that's why I kind of think relying more on, on Vlatko might help because, you know, he can play mostly from three to five in different kind of lineups. So he might help bridge that that gap as well. But it's it's an interesting uh, kind of dynamic. And yeah. I would really love to get that kind of level of player. Yeah, I'm really trying to figure out what Blocko's going to do. Because um, he's played really well in stretches. Then he would get injured and then not come back and play well. So he's going to have to play consistent. And they're going to have to be able to rely on him and his body. So maybe Blocko can do it. You know, he's really talented. But, you know, talent only means so much if we can only use it every other game. So I think he needs to be healthy. And they need to be able to see, like, a full run from him. And I think that, you know, that would determine a lot for them going forward. Yeah, the only thing I, I think Vladko is missing there is that explosiveness that Bruce Brown was bringing to the team. Vladko is he is like an even-keeled guy that makes zero mistakes and, and always do the, the right thing. It's just that he cannot be an offense on his own like Brucey B uh, tended to do you know, from time to time on the Nuggets. Okay, it is time for our second break. After we return, we'll talk about what's next for the Nuggets. Okay, PowerPoint time. Who doesn't like a nice slideshow? So Nuggets team payroll in Comic Sans. After we got that big contract for, uh, for Reggie Jackson, I saw a tweet from, uh, from Jake Coyne, who is our, you know, dedicated uh, cap space guy. And he said something to the strength that the Nuggets still have some room in their, uh, in their, on their cap sheet not to cross to the second apron uh, hellhole. So this is, these are the guys the Nuggets already have locked in. And I've put Julian Strother on this list as well because he's a first-round pick. I would be shocked if he wasn't signed to a, you know, a regular uh, contract this season. So we see Nikola Jokic with huge 47.6 million, Jamal Murray 33.8, Michael Porter 33.4, Aaron Gordon 22, Kentavious Caldwell Pope almost 15, and then we get these two uh, kind of middle-level contracts from Reggie Jackson and Zeke Nagy, and then all the other guys are under. Under, under 3 million. Actually, DeAndre Jordan is something like 3.1 million, but his cap hit is much lower because he's a veteran, so this is the way the league is helping teams sign veterans. So, total of these 12 guys on the list is $172.5 million, which is just a bit under 10 million under the second apron. Now, Nuggets need to sign at least two more guys on regular contracts. They can roll with 14 guys and then sign 15 guys next to the 
near the playoffs or never do actually because it's legal to have only 14 guys so it's either two guys or three guys that are supposed to to spend up to 9.9 million dollars let's say it like that so we expect we all expect i believe uh, jeff green to be re-signed that would be another 2.1 million something like that on the cap sheet and then it's the question whether the nuggets want to give the the you know uh, regular contract spot to jay pick maybe even to to tyson hunter i would bet that tyson hunter gets the two-way contract either way i don't know about jay pick what are your feelings about whether jay pick will get the 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 full contract or not for this season i mean they might have to um you know is he gonna be so ish smith last year was their third point guard so reggie's their second who's their third it's gonna be probably Colin or Jalen. So I do think that if Jalen is able to beat out Colin and Camp and prove his value this season, I don't know if you have any other choice but to put him on your active roster, which means you know you have to activate him. Pat? What are yeah, I, I think I think you definitely gotta give him the full contract. You're gonna need him. And more than anything, you you're gonna need him to develop. We've got so few veterans that are playing above these young guys that we got to have as many of them on, not maybe this year's rookies, except for Pickett, need to be on standard contracts. And I've heard conflicting reports about the two-way deals. Aren't Jack White and Colin Gillespie already on them? A lot of people aren't mentioning that, but I thought I heard that last week. I have no information on that. There, there was the saying that, that, that Colin Gillespie signed a two-year two-way contract, yeah. but I never saw that officially. And... Almost nobody is mentioning Jack White right now, which is, yeah. you know, kind of a. Uh, I, I'm not happy about that. I really like that guy. Yeah. So, ba- so basically, if the Nuggets would stay at 14 guys, if if uh, uh, Jeff is 13 and Jay Pick is 14, that's it. That's the whole roster. If they sign a 15th guy, that guy could could earn up to $5 million for one season. And I just need to say this to, to give due diligence to, the, to that, to say that the Nuggets actually can use that Monty Morris traded uh, player exception to get those $5 million. It's just the question that that would leave them with zero, zero wiggle room come, come the... Um, uh, trade deadline and the um, uh, buyout market and stuff like that. So I'm actually not expecting them to do anything to bring anybody else outside of the roster. If they would go for a 5 million guy, is there a guy that's still not unsigned that you would like to see? I mean, I'm trying to think in my head. I mean, Kelly Oubre... Jalen McDaniels, I mean, one of those types of players. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot right now that you trust. But, yeah, I mean, there's flyers that you for sure could take, you know, a chance on. But, yeah, I mean, outside of those couple of names, Dennis Smith Jr. even went last night. And I figured, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. might just be like a little bargain bin player you can go grab. But the Nets went and got him. So, right now, ball handling is at its peak. If you can dribble the ball, penetrate, shoot, play some deep – 
you can make some money. If you did a shooter, you can make $14 million basically. So, yeah. <laughs> it appears that NBA teams have figured out that they really need guys that can really do everything with the ball. It's not like, like we've been drafting one-and-done guys for far too long. We have zero ball handlers on their, our teams. We need to to pay up these guys, which is a really, really cool wrinkle on, on what the league is doing. So if we now go to the to the depth chart, this is how it looks like looks like right now. So we have the starters locked. That's that's good. In the second unit, we have Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Nadzi. I will I still have Vladko Chanter here because Jeff Green is not signed yet officially. I mean, he's not signed. And then for the third string, we have Jalen Pickett, Julian Strutter, Jeff Green, that might go to second line, of course, DeAndre Jordan. And then if we get those guys on, on two-way contract, Colin Gillespie and Hunter Tyson, like on the in the depth piece of, of this. So would you guys like to see somebody that can play the three sign on the team or is like Jeff Green's versatility enough to, to plug it here? You know, in case one of Michael Porter and Peyton Watson cannot play for like a month or something like that. Personally, I'm of the mind that they shouldn't bring Jeff back at all. I like DJ in that mentor role. I think Jeff is just too tempting for Moch to play. And we got to see what we've gotten. Not only the two guys that we drafted this year and the two guys we drafted last year, but we got to give Vlatko and Zeke a chance. And if Jeff's there, he's in the way. The only person was like that I would that I would maybe consider as a forward signing is McDaniel's because I don't mind him playing ahead of one of those guys, maybe ahead of Vlatko. Isn't he like restricted free agent? I'm not certain about his. Availability. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking he is, and that's why he's unlikely to be moved from Minnesota. But why might be wrong? No, because... I mean the the one in Philadelphia. Oh, sorry, Jalen. Jalen. Yeah, we're never getting Jalen. Okay. okay, okay, okay. That's... Uh, <laughs> that was and a... Phil... Philly's in such flux right now. They may have to just completely ignore him right now. They may be working on a big trade, you know. Okay, Swiper, what, what do you think about this uh, conundrum on the three? Uh, uh, it's just Blocko's health. That's the biggest question. You know, can he stay healthy? Great body. Wonderful body, right? Like, you know, built like Superman. Um, but, you know, he has some Achilles in him as well. And... So you just want him to be able to stay healthy, especially with the brand of basketball that the Nuggets play, which is up and down, guarding up and down, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I do, I just, I do think that relying on Peyton, who I think will work, but he's also like a, he's a, a baby, like he's young. And then having to rely on both Vlaco and then Zeke to play heavy minutes and stay healthy, that just seems like a little bit of a risk. But maybe Julian Strother, maybe they think he's ready. Maybe Christian Brown, they're just like, no, it's him. So we'll have to see. But like I said, my first impression of it is don't love it. Don't love, don't love the risk factor that's associated there. Uh, 
Calvin Booth really forced the hand of Michael Malone in, the, in these last two seasons, drafting six guys and saying, I don't know what to say, tell you, man. You have so many rookies to play. You need to play somebody. So maybe maybe we can work something out. I mean, J-Pick working out would be just amazing if you could get a, a reliable second option on a point guard. You know, behind Jamal Murray, that would be awesome for the regular season at least. I'm not sure if he'll, his game will be able to translate to playoffs, considering he is a bit of a on a smaller side, probably. But yeah, I agree. I agree. This uh, this gaping hole on the three might might be big because you know you need to be able to give Michael Porter a one month rest at some point in the season if he gets banged up. Let him. You know, heal up properly and and be well. And and let's not then rely for 36 minutes of Peyton Watson. I mean, that would be amazing if, if it would happen. You know, as as a positive thing. But I'm not sure about it. I mean, maybe Strutter can play some three as well. I'm a bit scared from him not really being a ball handler. That's that's that might be a minus. But who knows? I mean, NBA is a mess. It's possible that you can actually survive through the regular season playing some clunky lineups, especially especially on the bench. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. No, sorry. You wanted to say. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, again, a lot of this is just leading up to the playoffs and how do you maximize your talent by emphasizing rotations and having those rotation players set in from the beginning. And again, uh, Doing that and then having some risk factor in there. And I love Porter. I'm a big Porter guy. But, again, you don't know with Porter, ankle injury, 13 games missed, COVID, 10 games missed, or Lord willing, it doesn't happen again. But if you have a back blur, and then you got Peyton, Blocko, that's just a lot of risk in there. But maybe, maybe this is also, y'all, they're just giving a simple nod to Michael Porter Jr. that, look, Medical's been great. You were great this year. No concerns whatsoever. He just turned 25. Hey, Porter, this is your chance. Now you have an opportunity to get a full offseason, a bunch of rest, leading after winning a championship. You don't on Kevin Durant. Hey, <laughs> you have an opportunity to go into the year and make your all-star bid um, as a forward. And maybe he gets back to that. I know y'all remember the 2020-21 Michael Porter, that last half of the year. When Jamal Murray goes out, 23 and a half points per game, seven rebounds, 50, 50, 80 shooting split. Maybe you get that from Porter, and all this doesn't matter. But it's like, who cares? Just put Porter out there. He's great. And now in the two-way player, Miroslav, is real, right? Maybe what we saw in the playoffs and in the finals is real. That's a two-way monster. But I'm saying in case that's not it, it might be good to add another wing you trust. That's all I'm saying. Now, you, you made a really interesting point here. You said Michael Porter should hunt for an all-star season. And I think we can all agree that Jamal Murray is probably locked in as an all-star next season just based on the stuff, the, the, the fact that he was probably the second best player in the playoffs altogether when, when, you, when you look at it from this perspective. But... If we just say let's let's play a game, let's say who will earn the second all-star place on the Nuggets the most 
next season if you would have to bet now as i said jamal is probably going to get it but you know between us who do you expect to have the best season up to the all-star weekend out of gordon porter and jamal murray uh the guy that's going to be looking for a supermax contract probably <laughs> yeah that that sounds like a very safe bet <laughs> what do you think pat Maybe we could be like a storied historic franchise like Memphis and we'll get three guys in, you know, or Sacramento. That's what oh. I'm hoping. Hey, remember Detroit got four guys in in the uh, 04 year when they had uh, Chauncey, Rashid, Rip, and Ben Ben Wallace in there. And then the 2015-16 uh, Atlanta Hawks had four guys yep. in there as well. But I doubt that they did that. No, I know. I'm making a joke about four. Memphis. <laughs> the Warriors had four too. Steph, Clay, Draymond, and uh, KD one of those years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those those teams deserved it, especially Detroit and Golden State. Atlanta, I mean, maybe not. Memphis, definitely not. I don't think it's realistic to get four All Stars because you know we barely have one guy who is a second team All Second NBA. team All NBA. So what's he gonna do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but I, I guess NBA just sucked last season. That's why it's such a bad team. Wow, apparently. <laughs> okay. It is time for our last break. It is time to discuss some latest moves and trade requests. All right, final segment here. So first of all, as I mentioned previously, Vasa Mitic, Serbian EuroLeague legend, is coming across the pond. He signed a three-year, $23 million contract with the Thunder. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch his, his career develop here because... He is a two-time EuroLeague MVP. He is not the uh, last season's EuroLeague MVP. That's that's uh, Sasha Vezenko, who actually got si- signed by Sacramento. So that should be also uh, one interesting thing to to monitor. You know, some of the EuroLeague MVPs are Nemanja Bjelica or Boban Marjanovic, and some EuroLeague MVPs are Luka Doncic. Now, I'm not promising you Vasa Mitic to be Luka Doncic level. You know, when he comes here, he is he is a bit older. He's, I believe, 28. He should be the same 29 age now. or mid 29. Yeah, a bit a bit older than than Nikola Jokic. So you, he's not brought here to you know become a superstar in the NBA, but he should be able to play a really really good rotation minutes uh, on the OKC. And OKC is really one of the most interesting thing to watch next season. Oh, yeah. As well, especially with Chet Holmgren, uh, hopefully coming back to the competition and stuff like that. So that's that's one interesting signing we've seen. But more importantly, Damian Lillard, that fortress of loyalty, requested a trade to the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. How brave brave of him, Pat? I'm going to let you cook on this one. <laughs> I don't know if you want that. <laughs> uh, Dame is going to make them better. I'm just so sick of the Dame saga. Every single year, I have to mute Chris Haynes just because of Damian Lillard. It's just, I want it to be over. I hope he goes to Miami so we don't have to deal with it very often. He's going to make them a much better team than they are. He might be exactly what they need, but I'm just glad they're in the Eastern Conference. Swipe, it's interesting that I think that the Portland will get the worst possible deal if they trade to Miami, right? Like, nobody can can twist their arm better than Miami. 
Yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson. They don't want to put Caleb Martin in the deal. Haywood, Highsmith, Kyle Lowry, a couple first-round picks. Yeah, it's not great. But at the end of the day, they also said the name, like, look, you know, we'll we'll work with you if you want to get this done type deal. And so, you know, they gave he gave them, uh, what was that, nine, ten seasons, uh, basically. So – and they, they also didn't do a good job building around him. So maybe they feel like they owe him something a little bit. But if I'm them, I'm not even tripping. Because you know what? I got Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, and Anthony Simons to build around. I really don't want more guards. If anything, Tyler Hero comes to me, I'm rerouting him somewhere yeah. else. Because I don't want him, respectfully, I don't think he's a better prospect for me than Shaden, Anthony, or Scoot. So I don't want him taking any time from them. And if I can get some more draft picks for Tyler Hero – or maybe even a big, a young big we can build around, then I would much rather prefer that. So I think that there's really still a path for them to be able to get Dame assets and then ship Tyler off if they do get that asset and then get more stuff for him. So they could actually still end up coming up very well, maybe similar to Utah when they got rid of Rudy and Donovan, but not as quite as high of a package, obviously. Yeah, I I mean – you you can say that Portland was was building badly around him, and it's probably in the last what five seasons it's mostly Nurkic because Nurkic and and Dame pick and roll that was just a nightmare for their defense. No, you know they couldn't find a scheme that would you know uh, effectively defend with those two guys, and of course when Dame switch sides when he goes to another team then we will see if that other front office will also do a bad job around him, meaning that Dame is really not the He's going to be with Jimmy defenders. Butler and Bam out of Biodome, Miroslav. No, I, I, I think that's a really good situation for him. I right. agree with that. But on the other yeah. hand, if he let Portland sign Jeremy Grant to $160 million before he requested the trade, now they could say, okay, but we'll not ship you to Miami. We'll ship you to to Brooklyn because Brooklyn has so many wonderful picks for us and we want to rebuild completely. I mean, it's not out of realm of possibility to say, come on, Dame, it's it's a wonderful city. It's New York. What more can you ask from us? We didn't feel the package from Miami, but this package is wonderful. And actually, Brooklyn might have a lot of stuff around, uh, around Dame, even if they trade you know, most of their picks there. Yeah, Pat, I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but if I was Damian Lillard, I would look them right back in the face. The second best player you ever gave me was LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, and that aged out quickly. And then you gave me C.J. McCollum and Aminu and Mo Harkless and all that kind of stuff. Nurkic, like, what, what did you want me to do with this? Oh, wait, so I got to go beat Jamal Murray, Jokic, Braun, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, all these teams, and he's like, hey – what do you want me to do about this? At least De'Aaron Fox got some bonus. CJ McCollum, that's probably what yeah. I would say, say back it up, you know. Yeah, and just to clarify, I'm not blaming Dame at all. I, right, he right, needs right. to get the hell out of there. But you're right. They've been putting nothing but small, non-defensive guards around him. He's never had a good, like, defensive two-guard. They had Josh Hart, but they had to play him at the small forward because they have right. decided Simons. I mean, so. they, did, they did try some stuff. They did have... Matisse Teibel and Jeremy Grant around him mm-hmm. this time around. Before that, we've said, you know, Farouk yeah. Aminu and stuff. Guys like that. I mean, 
there were singular defenders around him all the time, but you know, they were just missing a man in the middle. Um, yeah, man in the middle was really, really bad, at least for the last five years, for sure. Okay, so Houston Rockets got Fran Van Fleet. Oh, I, I'm kidding. Nobody cares about Houston this season. I mean, <laughs> what what is gonna be our takeaway from this? So, what is he okay. supposed to do with Houston this season? Miroslav, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And Pat, so he signed a three-year, $133 million deal, which is roughly 41, I think is what it ended up coming out to. Jamal Murray's up for a three-year, 144 this summer. What do you think? If you're Jamal, do you sign that or do you want to take a chance and see if you can make All-NBA next year? Go ahead. Okay. Well, I think he bets on himself. I honestly do. That's just who Jamal is. He's going to try to get into that All-NBA territory. Yeah, and I think that Denver will do right by him no matter what. Like, Agreed. even if, God forbid, something happened to him during this season, they will still give him a max contract in a year. I mean, there, there's no no fuss about it. So, yeah, I think he should bet on himself. And Denver should hope for the league to increase that cap space because they're going to be so effing expensive in in a couple of years it's going to be it's going to get ugly at some point but okay. let's let's enjoy these following two seasons before it it goes that way for sure for sure so the lakers got gabe vincent yep another undersized guard for the lakers but uh, what you going to do but they also got and and I spoke to pat about this before the show they got reeves dirt cheap like mm-hmm. what what was it four years 54 million something yeah. mm-hmm. like that like nobody bid on austin reeves after the playoffs he's had with the lakers nobody offered 480 what's that is that possible are there like some shenanigans behind all that <laughs> yeah he Absolutely. got four years 56 yeah yeah so so we're like 29 franchises scared to bid on Austin Reeves because Clutch would make some kind of, you know, retaliations against them? Like, what's that? Yeah, I think they just, I, I don't know. I think team knew he was resigning with them. They just didn't make a lot of great offers on him. And so I think the Lakers are just able to get him cheap because I think sometimes when the media, when teams put out through the media that no matter what, we're going to match this offer. So you might as well not even go ahead and send nothing his way. So it could have been some of that. Austin's a great player, but it's but he's also like a role player, you know, just like Rui Hachimura is. You know, he has a role he fills as a scorer, a pick and roll threat, off ball shooter at times, not great defensively, and that's who he is. But he's very efficient at what he does. So I don't really know if he's even worth more than that. So honestly, I think they got him on a fair deal, and I think, you know, I don't know who was thinking Austin was going to get a hundred million dollars, but you know, he's a good player. But I mean, Cameron Johnson got one oh two. You know. Yeah, that's right. And and Dennis Schroeder got the same exact deal as Austin Rivers, only on a smaller number of years. So I couldn't believe that. <laughs> they're gonna, they're thinking about starting Scotty Barnes at point guard, apparently. By the way, <laughs> it's not a great situation for Darko Rajkovic, new new coach of mm-hmm. of Toronto Raptors. I hope they will find a way to sign a, you know, another point guard there. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, Phoenix Suns signed some borderline rotation guys 
like Nuggets legend Keita Bates die up, Chimetsi Metu, Yuta Watanabe, they still need to to trade away Aiton, right? What well, do they get for him though? They need yeah. another center in return, and who was that guy? Nurkic, right? Thirty-five million dollars. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe Frank Vogel can turn Aiton into something. They need him like in the worst way because that's going to be rough. But I think you, uh, I think I think Yuta Watanabe, I think it's actually going to be really good for them. Shot fifty-one percent on corner threes this year. Kedabe Diop has nice defensive measurables, but we've seen not like a great player. Uh, then Josh Okogi, you know, like, yeah, there are a bunch of guys. So, but again, is their top four, if they're healthy, they're going to be a lot to deal with just because they have three great pull-up shooters and they can get to the rim, you know, fairly easy as well. So they're going to be a tough out, whoever has to play them. Pat? Yeah, I think Phoenix and LA are very similar in that, in comparison to the rest of the league, they both got better yesterday, for sure. I just don't see them addressing the elephant in the room, and that's the Denver Nuggets. How do you stop the two-man game of Murray and Jokic? Okay, last question for tonight. Guys like Draymond, Kyrie, Cam Johnson, Chris Middleton, Kyle Kuzma, Jakob Pertl, all got huge contracts to stay with their teams. Can you find the worst contract out of those? Like, who got overpaid the most out of these guys? Not including Fred Manfleet? Uh, well, he changed. He changed the the scenery. He he went to a you know a rebuilding yeah. team. But these guys all got a lot of, and you can actually add Brooke Lopez to that as well. He got like two years, forty-eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> right. That's crazy. It's probably somebody else was bidding for him. But all of these guys I mentioned, except for J- Jakob Pearl, got hundred plus million dollars just to say on on their teams. Like I'm, I mean Kyle Kuzma is the Pearl? youngest here and, and, and Cam Johnson, I guess, they're on the younger side. Well Kyle Kuzma is not that young really. He's like 27, 28. You know, but a scoring two-way wing, you can at least make sense. He averaged over 20 points a game, decent shooter, play, you know, three through five in lineups, can guard two through five at times. But Jakob Pertl, $20 million a year, I just thought that was insane. And I thought that Masai Ujiri overpaid for two players in Dennis Schroeder and Jakob because they needed – he had to. They they so badly want this core to work with OG – Pascal and Scotty, that they're just like throwing money at it. But for me, $20 million a year for Jakob, who is not a good offensive player, good offensive rebounder, but he doesn't have like any skill set beyond a push shot he can get to at times. He's a good defender, but I mean, you know, Draymond's making 25. I'd much rather have Draymond at 25 than for four years than Jakob at four for 80. But that's just me. Yeah, I think the worst thing about that contract is the length. I mean, right. if he got like two years, forty million, uh, like like whatever, you can you can trade away that contract if it doesn't work. But four years, eighty, Pat. I think Pertle have... is Pertle's one of those guys. It's like that car that you sunk a lot of cost into, and you either get rid of it altogether, or you might as well just spend the money, <laughs> fix it up, and hope that it's going to work. They put too much into that trade for him. They kind of had to do it. In general, I think this free agency, unlike most I've ever seen, every single person got overpaid. 
it doesn't seem like anybody got less than they deserved. So I think that's just how it's going to be. You're going to have to develop. You're going to have to draft these second rounders. You're going to have to get low contracts. So with the stuff we already seen in this off season so far, who would be the top four Western Conference teams in your opinions? Well, James Harden sounds like getting traded to the Clippers. So I'm probably going to say Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, Lakers, fully healthy everybody. In the regular season, are you talking about? Or yeah, yeah, just so the first four seeds, yeah. I think the Suns are going to be very good in the regular season. I think they're definitely number two. Uh, yeah, I think I would go with the Clippers number three, but it's just hard, so hard to bet on them with all the injuries that you deal with. Um, Got to put the Lakers at four, but it's the same thing. How, how healthy are AD and LeBron? I'm, I'm higher than you guys on Sacramento. I think Sacramento did some really nice things already. And I think they will definitely be top four seed because they're young. They have a lot of energy. They don't have a lot of injury problems, at least not for now. So Sacramento and Denver, I would put them there. Phoenix probably because they have so much firepower. Even when one of those guys is down, the other two can, can still light it up. And I don't know, man. I mean, I like Swipers' angle on the Clippers. It's just that like I'm I'm waiting for them for four years, and like, <laughs> is James Harden really gonna change that much their destiny? I don't know. I mean, he might, he might. He's a really really good regular season player. He can give you twenty and ten every night, no problem about it. Yeah, maybe you might you might be right about them. I'm actually, I don't know, man. I don't know who to be higher on. Lakers and the Clippers because I hate both equally. I mean, I hate oh, yeah. Lakers more, but but I don't know. It's was that was that before you became associated with Denver? Did you not like the Lakers or? Oh yeah, it's because Lakers robbed Sacramento back in two thousand and two. So the rest ever ever since then, I I I I actually used to be kind of a Laker fan back when Vlade was playing there for his like first what what was it, five seasons something like that. But I was really a Vlade fan. I wasn't a Lakers fan, so that that saves my soul a bit. But after that, 2002, I I just got this swear enemy in the Lakers for me. So yeah, that's that's the way I, I I roll. So guys, before we leave, do you have something you want to plug? I got a couple things. Sure. First thing being, everybody needs to listen to the music of Pink Floyd because it enhances your life. It enhances the life of your family. If you do it right, it enhances the life of everyone around you in your neighborhood. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, I think you can see this aquarium here has a goldfish in it that I adopted last week. Way too big for the aquarium. I need to get him a home. So if you're in the Denver area and you have a bigger aquarium or like a garden pond and you need a friend, I got a goldfish to give you. So hit me up on Twitter, PR Morphine. So that, that goldfish is actually like Jokic growing to the size of the bowl, right? He's perfect analogy. That's exactly who he is. I think he, I think I got a name for him finally. <laughs> Swiper, do you have something cooking for this? Uh, yeah, you know, first off, shout out to Miroslav. Great job hosting as always. Big fan. Shout out to DMVR, obviously, uh, Maha Sports, everybody. Um, yeah, got some stuff on the way, you know, definitely for sure. You know, got some great content coming out for everybody. So I'm really excited about this upcoming season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody but yeah you know nothing regular it's just the same old same old for me follow me swipe a can find me everywhere across all platforms 
Excellent, excellent. And as for you, our dear listeners, I want to thank you for listening. I will see you next week with another batch of great guests. So until then, be healthy, be loving, be safe, and don't forget to mention to your friends and family, your team is the NBA champion. So, idemo nagetsi. <laughs>